listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 172. We're back for like the first time in forever. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. I'm your host, Morgan Stradling, and I'm joined with my co-host, Chelsea Robson. Hey, howdy, hey, we're back. We're back. On the, uh, we have an episode doc every episode that we've ever done, and this is, says the we're back episode, and it just makes me feel like I want to sing like a dancing dinosaur. <laughs> We've done a We're Back episode, so we could do We're Back and then do We're Back, but that'd be too on the nose. We are actually here. We are going to be reviewing Frozen. But before we do that, if you are listening to this or you saw this pop up in your podcast feed and you're like, what the heck? Yes, the Rotoscopers are back. We are back for Frozember to celebrate Frozen 2. You may remember six years ago when the very first Frozen film came out. We did Frozember on our website where every single day we had a different article celebrating Frozen. Frozen was kind of a big deal for us. We had been talking about it for months and months and months. It was like a year. It, yeah. We, it, it, a year. <laughs> it was, we were kind of obsessed and everything was culminating to the release of that movie. And Frozen 2, here we are, it's coming out, and so we're doing Frozember again, and we decided as part of that, since we're so excited, we're really pumped for Frozen 2, that we bring the podcast back and we take a look back at the original Frozen film, because I actually went back and listened to that first episode, so you can go back to rotoscopers.com slash 55 if you want to take a look at our very first thoughts, and it's so interesting because... We knew everything about this film, yet we hadn't seen the film. And then so finally our podcast review, there were still, we were still, we were still so fresh and new. It's just fun to hear. Right. We had been doing it for almost two years, but still like 55 episodes is not that many, I guess. It is a lot, but <laughs> and I think that's one of the funny things is as we were going through, it's like, wow, we made it past like 10. Whoa. <laughs> so they, that's how they say, you know, you made it. The Average podcaster does not make it to episode seven. They get all excited. They're pumped. They want to do a podcast and they realize it's a grind. It's it a is. lot of hard work. But enough about us. Let's talk about Frozen. Woo! For the first time in forever, there'll be music, there'll be light. For the first time in forever, I'll be dancing so Frozen, as we said, we were we were talking about this forever, and it was just, if you want to go back and like relive a little bit of the Frozen fever, uh-uh, more on the actual Frozen short next time, uh, but if you want to go back and listen to episode 55, it's a fun time. We also have our mm-hmm. other, uh, we also have Mason Smith who was on that episode as well, so it's a fun time as well. So definitely yeah. check that one out. We were invited to go to the frozen white carpet. So at the beginning of that episode, we share our thoughts going to Hollywood, visiting the white carpet, interviewing all of the filmmakers and stars. So as I was listening to that, I, it just, it brought me back in time. It was a lot of fun. It was definitely worth a listen. It was, it was, you know, it was one of those interesting things because I've now been able to do that type of thing a couple of times. And I just go back because that was our very first time being at the red carpet white carpet in this sense 
but it was just like such a, it was such a cool time. And all of the, everybody who was working on this movie, we had like pseudo like Twitter friendships with. <laughs> and right. so it was like, you think that you're friends with these people just cause like, Oh, they said hi to me on Twitter. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. We follow them. They follow us. Woo. <laughs> it was grand. Uh, but, but it was so cool because, you know, you, we actually did get to talk to the directors, Chris Buck and Jennifer Lee, and as well as Peter DeVecha, who is the producer. So those were like, the people and they were we were friends the pinnacle of everything that we had been yeah so going back and looking at this time as far as like doing a rewatch honestly i have maybe only watched frozen maybe one other time outside of the first time seeing it in theaters and i think the reason for that was because i i mean we were just we got into frozen fatigue a little bit um because literally a year we had been talking about this film, pumping it up. And I will have to say, I'm really glad that it ended up being so good because (laughs) (laughs) like of all the movies to pump up, Frozen was definitely the one. Like we bet on the winning We made the right bet. (laughs) (laughs) We did. And that's, and we, I did feel a little bit of like ownership in a very small way because of that. And like very small way, obviously. But it was just, Mm -hmm. I think um, going back this time to watch it, I was just kind of like, I want to, I'm glad I get to watch it a little bit new this time. Yeah, that's interesting because I actually have seen Frozen quite a few times. I remember seeing it multiple times in theaters. And like you said, for us, there was Frozen fatigue because we had been talking and pumping up literally if any little snippet or info came out about this movie, boom, we did a YouTube video about it. Boom, we did a post about it. And so unlike most people, most people really didn't know much about this film. The general public wasn't really aware of it until, you know, a month before. And so when Frozen hit and then it became this gigantic hit, that was just the beginning of the frozen phenomenon for most people. And so they, the frozen wave, and we will talk about this in our next episode that we do. We're going to talk about the frozen phenomenon, but the frozen wave then carried for about six months after the, the release yeah. of the film. But for us, we had been doing it for a year. And so when frozen hit, it was kind of, we were hoping for like a little, a little release and that didn't come. And I think after just a month or two post frozen release, we really kind of died out and you and you and me kind of were just like, we just need to step back from frozen, (laughs) which in the, in the, in the long run, maybe we should have just continued to go all in on frozen and just plow through it. But that's for another day. (laughs) (laughs) Hindsight's 2020. So let's just dive into this movie. And I love that we're going to have these two different perspectives. Someone who saw the movie originally and then one other time. And then me who's seen it quite a few times. Um, Not like an everyday sort of thing, but I've definitely seen it probably at least 10 times, which I'd say is quite a bit considering I don't, you know, have kids that watch the movie. I feel like anyone who has kids like there, that's, it's like a daily occurrence. So you've probably seen it 365 times, but yeah. So I'm excited to, to have our two different perspectives on this. All right, so let's jump into Frozen. So before we do that, let's talk about some basic information. We didn't have any of this at the time of our original recording, but obviously we knew the studio was Disney Animation Studios. Directors were Chris Buck and Jennifer Lee. 
Release date was November 27th, 2013, with a $150 million budget. And here's the big kicker. This is the thing that we did not have at the time, and we could not even anticipate at the time. The worldwide box office total was $1.276 billion. With a B. Dollars. With a big fatty B, guys. My word. It became the number one animated film of all time and has stayed that way for quite a long time. Now, as of just a few months ago, it no longer is the highest grossing animated film of all time. That was surpassed by The Lion King, the live action 2019. But it's not actually live action. It's actually CGI. Disney wants you to <laughs> think that it's live action, but it's actually CGI, which means it's actually animated. So it's an animated remake of the animated Lion King. That's for another day. Okay. I'm, as you can tell, I'm not a fan, but... Yeah. Frozen is awesome. It made a ton of money. And let's dive into the reason why. The reason why is because it was an incredible film that everybody loved. Well, I what was funny is when we were listening to the old episode, we were just like, oh, people are saying they've got a hit. <laughs> like, this is going to be a hit, Yeah, this guys. is like the first weekend box office. <laughs> oh, it's like, um, yeah, they got a hit. That is for sure. <laughs> And the thing is, like, it's not just the, it wasn't just the film, like, everything that touched Frozen was huge. And we'll go into that later. But it has been six years since that came out. Yeah, so the very first thing in the film, so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go by different scenes chronologically, and then we're going to talk about the big themes and things that stood out to us. But I think the easiest way to go about talking about this film is kind of break it more or less by the big songs, because there's quite a few songs in this film, and it is known for its incredible music. I think first and foremost, we need to talk about Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez and how crucial and key they were to making this film and making it stand out. Yeah. No, from the very beginning. When you think of Disney music, you think of the classic Alan Menken. And I think it's so easy for Disney to continue to use Alan Menken for such a long time. And they can always bring him back for any future film. Obviously, he's fantastic and they've continued to use him. But when they go outside of what they know works and try something new, that's when it can really be a hit or miss. And so what Disney did is they decided to go with these two legendary Broadway writers they'd written the book of mormon and avenue q like these huge huge broadway hits and they were known for their their quirky fun they just had this really great sense of timing and they were incredible lyricists um sort of like howard ashman in a way and so they brought them in and so the music feels very disney but i feel like frozen was kind of a modern broadway and they leaned and they leaned into the broadway aspect way more than they had before i think I think audiences have become very accustomed and familiar with the Disney musical. And so it allowed them to do some of these, these more exciting things. And I think we'll, we've, when we talk about for the first time in forever, we'll really see that. Um, but the very first number is this frozen heart song, which um, if you watch the honest trailer version of this, which <laughs> honest trailers is just hilarious. They say everything that you're, we were all thinking, like they say, this is the song no one remembers and you can't, can't you don't know the lyrics. It is so true. It's like, da, 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 frozen heart. Like I can't even sing it. <laughs> yeah. But it does a great job of really setting the tone. Well, going into this, they they had been working on this movie for so long that it had many different iterations. They had so many different possible points where, you know, Elsa was going to be the villain at one point, And then there was going to be 
like this frozen heart aspect. And so they were trying to like, you can just tell some of these songs are a little bit like from previous iterations. And then they just kind of morphed it to make it like one smooth line uh, because we really didn't focus on the frozen heart aspect. Like they, the frozen heart song kind of sounds like it was a setup for a like who has the frozen heart. So at first there was going to be like this prophecy about the frozen heart and blah, blah, blah. And so it was just kind of like a they were trying to like go along that through line. But then they were like, yeah, let's switch it and make it about two sisters. And, you know, she gets hurt and then gets a frozen heart and has to overcome that. Okay, <laughs> let's do that. And it worked out better, I think. Uh, well, I mean, I would hope. We don't really know how it was working, but obviously it wasn't working the way before. We don't have changed. our time machine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so they ended up, they took that and they were decided, okay, we're going to move along these ways. So. Yeah, the Frozen Heart, though, I love the colors in this section. The mm-hmm. pinks and the blues and the blues and the greens. And you also get introduced to Kristoff and Sven briefly, which is... Yeah, it's very... Their story it's is It's interesting weird. that... Yeah, that's one of the things that I have. So I'm going to keep calling this Morgan's Unanswered Questions. Yes. Here we are six years later, and I still don't know what's going on with these guys. He's essentially a four-year... And I mentioned this in the original podcast. He's... Oh, orphan. Yeah. He's what? Three, four years old. He has this baby reindeer, which if he's a baby reindeer, that means this reindeer is what? Like a few weeks old at this point <laughs> because they get quite large quite quite quickly. And what is this story? So he's he's harvesting ice with the rest of the ice men. Um, so you think like, oh, okay, maybe one of these are his dad. He's going to go home. And then later they go, when they go to the trolls, um, we'll adopt you. And, you know, this essentially becomes his family, which we learn later on. So then I'm like, wait, so he never had parents, but what's with these dudes? Why weren't they perceptive enough to realize like, Hey, here's this like orphan kid who's hanging around. Maybe one of us should take him home. <laughs> uh, no. So at, uh, I'm really hoping that's one of the things that gets answered in the next film because Kristoff's a good character, but he's definitely not as developed as the others. You know, he has this, like these remnants of a backstory that, we know there's something there, but they don't have enough time to go into. Right. I agree. This is, these are one of my unanswered questions is Kristoff's story. Like you need to make it a little bit more like, why is he so weird? I mean, you get it, I guess, you know, cause he lives with trolls, but <laughs> he like also speaks for his, his reindeer. So I don't know. It's interesting. Like you just don't have a, I, there's, I don't have any answers. We need to move forward. <laughs> And speaking of moving forward, let's move forward to our two main characters. And I just love the way they set this up. There's something about a good old-fashioned toddler or Disney baby <laughs> that are so stinking cute. So we get toddler Anna and little girl Elsa and their sisters and they love each other. And there's this amazing, you know, these quotes. These quotes were great at the time, but now some of them are truly classics. Like, the sky's awake, so I'm awake. So we have to play. Do you want to build a snowman? Do you want to build a snowman? My nieces, I remember around that time, they had memorized this movie and they ended up uh, like reenacting this thing. And my my sister-in-law sent me a video of them doing this exact scene. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the cutest thing ever. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I, you know, I love this scene because it shows how strong of a bond that these two sisters have. And they, they're so close in age and they even share a same room, even though they live in this palace, which can I tangent because tangents are my thing. This palace is not that big. Oh. You know, if you look at it, it's like, I don't know. If, if you look at when they do the big far out shots of it, I'm like, hmm, definitely. I think Elsa can, you know, build and add on an ice castle to the back of that in the water because uh, you need more real estate, ladies. I don't know. Maybe I'm just asking for too much and they're totally happy and content with their modest castle. But that's what I noticed. I mean, who am I to talk? I don't have a castle. And so I'll just stop right there. I mean, it's like watching Downton Abbey and they're like, you, they only show like three rooms of this whole right, place. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I swear this place is bigger, but you, I only get like three rooms of it. So right. there must be something hidden. So anyways, I just, so going back, I love their relationship because this is really the crux of the issue of the story is that these are sisters and sisters are supposed to love and care for each other. And these sisters had everything going well for them. And on top of that, they have Elsa who has these amazing powers that she can enhance their childhood and their play where they can really do some fun things. And it seems like mom and dad and everyone knows about her powers and they're kind of okay with it. I mean, I'm maybe it's kept within the family, but it's not a secret that she has these powers and can do these fun things. And then the triggering incident that changes everything from here on out where she's playing and she kind of loses control because Anna is going too fast and she's not able to keep up with her as she's building these little ice mounds. And she accidentally zaps her in the head and she gets her first little lock of silver love in her hair and mom and dad come in and then they go and see the trolls. Yeah. I didn't understand. Okay. Let's, here's another unanswered question. Is mm-hmm. like, do the parents care about it before this point? Like that doesn't, that obviously is not talked about at all until, you know, all, everything was fun and games until somebody gets hurt. <laughs> and right. So it's like, I mean, so it's hinted at later on because you see it's subtly hinted that there's some type of connection between, uh, between Rapunzel and these sisters. And I'm thinking, okay, how are they? There's got to be something in here. Like, what's in the blood? I want to know. So, I don't know. Yeah, we we don't get to see their true feelings of her powers before. Yeah. Which, I guess, doesn't matter at this point because the major- something happened, it changed. And then from that point on, the powers are a no-go. When they realize that the powers were no longer fun and games, but they had the ability or the potential to hurt let not just others, but their own daughter. That's when they put an end to it. And so it's funny. They go to the the trolls, and they, I guess they know that these trolls exist. And they're like, "To the library, Mister Hermione <laughs> Granger." Got an idea. And, and they pull out this like secret book that has, I guess, the whereabouts of the trolls. It's just kind of funny. And then I actually love the scene where they are riding. You know, they open the gates. They're both riding on the horses with with the sisters to the trolls. And then there is just this little kind of like flurry frost that follows the horse that has Elsa because at this point she's scared Uh and has fear and what we learn and we see throughout this film is that anytime that she has fear her powers manifest in a way where she's not able to control them so this is kind of just like that first little bit of it where we just see the little flutter of the snow behind her which I think is a a really cool visual that we're able to see so they go and they meet the trolls and the trolls are like what up hey no big deal you know just walking into our palace I, I guess because 
they are royalty and he is the king of the trolls that he's like hey we're brothers <laughs> we're brothers <laughs> welcome funny. anyone i mean are the trolls okay with just people walking in and saying hey i don't know i guess it's the king but, you know yeah like, that's, that's oh, what i was saying like okay you're a king i'm a king i guess you can come in this is a diplomatic mission right <laughs> why not <laughs> you know and, and and so this is the the king says oh wow great powers and oh, but there there's so much potential for danger there you know he has this like ominous prophecy and they're like uh okay but like can it be stopped and 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 this is where the movie could have ended immediately right right <laughs> if he just would have said because these are the so-called love experts if they're love experts that means love is kind of their thing um then why didn't he just get to the point and say no love is the answer love can control the powers right now fear which is the opposite of love i think of the scripture that says love casteth out all fear that's the essence of this movie yeah is that anytime that you are afraid you need to go back to loving and finding that love and that can help right yeah I, and he just doesn't he doesn't get to that he is just here here's my prophecy i'm gonna do some fancy work in the sky and look at me and oh we must remove the memory she can never know i'm like is this solving the problem <laughs> it sounds like we're covering up something an issue that needs to be resolved and it kind of reminds me of like the mental health situation and when people are suffering a lot of times you can just i don't want to deal with it we'll just hide it within don't right. talk about it and and that really kind of is very much manifested in Elsa. She's a representation of anyone in their life who've experienced something like that, where they have to, they do either they're afraid to show who they truly are because of just inert fear or society or their family. And so they, they suppress conceal. Don't feel right. Yeah. So and it, I love that they, okay, sorry. I've been talking a lot. Go ahead. Yeah. It's interesting that they have the, this, you know, that you bring up the mental health side and it's like, I don't really think that in 2013 that it was talked about as much as it is today. Right. I don't feel like it was, I mean, it was talked about, but not as much as today. Like it's a thing today, mental health. Oh yeah. I feel like on my Instagram, I always see people sharing like self-love and compassion and therapy is cool quotes, right? you know, because now we've come to this point where it's okay to talk about these and talk about the problems that you have and the things that you are struggling with. You no longer need to be alone. And in this movie, they have not come to that level of self-actualization as a society. And instead it's like, no, you need to deal with it alone and um, hide it. Just conceal, don't fail. Go hide in your own made, makeshift castle, you know, and be alone. Right. That's the only way to overcome this. <laughs> and um, it's interesting to watch this movie and pay attention to all the walls and barricades and barriers that Elsa puts between her and others. Right. Because she's constantly trying to keep others out. She doesn't want to invite anyone in for fear. Again, the big main one of the main themes of this film that she is going to hurt others and so the doors are closed her own individual room is closed the sister is taken out of the room right anytime that someone comes close to her you notice anytime she feels threatened she exerts her powers and usually creates like some ice or some something in the way to create a barrier between her and others later on in the movie she builds Later on in the movie, she creates Marshmallow because Kristoff and Anna just simply won't go away and give her what she wants, which is that isolation. 
and you know so then and she builds this giant ice palace like the things keep adding up like she's constantly building barriers 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 to separate herself and from those who can really help her solve the problem obviously she hasn't been reading crucial crucial conversations here so she doesn't know how (laughs) to you know like let's actually talk about our things and get through it and actually have a good discussion nope conceal don't feel (laughs) yeah (laughs) if that's the one lesson that anyone could take away from this is that conceal don't feel equals bad yeah don't do it there's just so much good when you just talk about it and i think of so many times in my life when there's just something i don't want to talk about don't want to deal with it just because it's awkward uncomfortable whatever and if i finally just force myself to do it it's like a huge sigh weight is lifted off my shoulders and you can see that when at the very very end when elsa finally figures out what she needs to do like she's her personality starts coming back um what i think is actually kind of the the tragedy about this is that Elsa was a very jovial and happy and very sweet character. But because of these years of removing herself from other people, she becomes very guarded and closed off and very stoic in a way where I feel like she lacks the personality that she truly has inside. She's just very stone-faced, cold, literally. And I think that's a shame because even though later on in some of the other shorts and towards the end of the film, like you can see that coming out, but if you've done that for years and years and years, it's just hard to really allow yourself to come through. Like, I don't think we'll ever get the true bubbly Elsa that she was when she was little. And when it comes to us and the issues that we face in our lives, unfortunately, that's, that's the reality is sometimes we may not go back to where we were. The thing that matters is where we're going forward and what we do with it. Yeah, that's true. Sorry, I'm getting deep we early are. on. I'm like, on I'm going to save all the themes for the end. And here I'm like, here are the themes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let me talk. No. Um, so going back to the whole troll things. Uh, actually, I want to go back to Kristoff here. So Kristoff, apparently he's like adopted at this moment. I just had a theory, though, Morgan. You think that, you Ooh, know, he Disney was. Disney theory time. We need theme music. Da, da, da. My Disney theory <laughs> is that. He did have parents. He did have a life. He just got lost one night and then was abducted by these trolls and was like, eh, it's more fun with these guys. So who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Maybe his parents are still looking for him. Oh, that's the even sadder (laughs) thing, I I think. (laughs) But it seems like Kristoff moving very far ahead, he's, he's able to come and go but at the very end when he goes and visits them they're like Kristoff's home it's like he kind of left them and hadn't been back in a while yeah so maybe he'd grown up and said hey i gotta i gotta put food on the table and rocks are not doing it for me so it is ice cutting season and that's what he used to do as a kid maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> so going into the next song is one of my absolute favorites which is do you want to build a snowman Ah, it is so good. It is so perfect. You know, when in these Disney films and in musicals, you know, they always say when the when the character can't express themselves with words, you have them sing. And I feel like sometimes in there I feel like sometimes in this movie there's times where it's like could they not have just said that? Did they really need to sing it? <laughs> but this one is so cool because it's our first introduction to the new dynamic between Elsa and Anna. 
and the door in the way, the barrier. You see Anna, and she's trying to connect with Elsa with the thing that they used to love, which was building snowmen. And Elsa is just completely absent during this song. This could be a cool duet, but it's not. It's just Anna singing and growing up and growing up. Without which is her. Really heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at the relationship between the two. It's like, do you want to build a snowman? Like, she, she's like, what happened? Like, mm-hmm. I, there, yeah, for her, for her, you can obviously see because the trolls left the fun, but they didn't leave any like breaking point. So for her, it's even more of a, you shut me out completely. Like, what the heck happened? And yeah. that's yeah. one thing. It's like, for her, she's been living this whole life under a lie. And now she's like thinking what the world like can't trust anyone because, you know, they all shut her out. Like, man, problems. <laughs> I actually just did an article for Frozember, which is the top YouTube videos that have the most views that are Frozen related. I took out anything that was like a Frozen trailer or a Frozen clip or a Frozen song, like official. And I just did anything that was made by fans or other people. And the number one most viewed video on YouTube about Frozen is this channel called Working With Lemons. And the big thing that really made their channel take off where they did these frozen in real life videos where essentially they just recreated the movie in real life. And this was the very first one that they did. And the set design and the costumes are incredibly bare bones. Anna doesn't even have a real costume. It's like something they threw together and then they put a little like motif on the door of their house. But in the future videos that they do, they actually have green screen and magic and special (laughs) effects. It's like, whoa, but this one has like over 522 million views. Why did we stop? (laughs) Exactly. Why did we stop? Like, hello, they don't even have costumes. Like we could have just gone to the Disney store, put one of, put one of your nieces in the costume and had them sing. Then you could have been older Anna. And then I could have been Elsa not singing because I'm not a singer, just sitting on the back of the door going, Ah. (laughs) $522,000,000. It's crazy to me. We missed our calling. So be aware. (laughs) We were were so close. We were so close yet so far and so burned out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and so burned out. Yeah. No, that was funny. <laughs> Good times. So you check that out. Include a link to that article in the show notes. So one other thing for Do You Want to Build a Snowman? This is where the other main plot point that really set things off is the mom and the dad dying. And we don't. This is another unanswered Disney question. We don't know where they're going, why they have this, you know, obviously they're, they, they live in this like sea isle based country. So going from ship to ship to ship is pretty normal. So they're going somewhere on some sort of diplomatic mission, but unfortunately they are lost at sea. So here's, this is, you know, the movie doesn't tell you these things, but being fans, we obviously have our own theories and we're putting these theories out there and the directors are like watching us do all these things and they're listening to all of our theories and then they're kind of feeding into them and there was one interview that i saw where they even talked with chris buck because he was the director of tarzan and also it just come out soon after rapunzel's um tangled and so they're like bringing in like i honestly think that they put in uh rapunzel and Eugene in there just as a as a like hey hey you know they're there cool like no real story behind it but then later on they're like oh yeah let's add to this whole mystique and Chris Buck then was like yeah so they were going off to visit the wedding of Rapunzel and Eugene and Flynn Rider and then they <laughs> they ended up uh 
sinking, or they didn't sink. They actually got uh, in a storm and ended up on uh, the coast off of Africa, and they gave birth to another son, Tarzan. And so it's like this, all these things coming together. And here's my thing is I really, really, really want them to actually make this a thing. <laughs> if they were to actually pull this in in a Marvel way, like, oh, my gosh. If we that think Frozen be... 2 would be big, how big would Frozen plus Rapunzel be? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, uh, like, yeah, they definitely... The dynamo. It would destroy everything. Yeah, this was a huge fan theory at the time because it was simply where these films were located. I think it first stemmed from, oh, is... Frozen and the Little Mermaid, are they in the same universe? Because Little Mermaid was in kind of the Nordic area, so maybe she's underneath and it's the same kind of time period. Yeah, so I love that Chris Buck just like leaned in. It was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and here's this backstory. And yeah, give me all the credit. Um, good for him. Right. <laughs> I mean, I love it. Like, I actually was watching a video preparing for this. It was um, different like theories. And like the way that they presented this, it wasn't a theory. It was like, hey, this is what what happened is like Tarzan is her brother and it wasn't even like hey this is a theory like this is just canon I'm like I'm not going that far to saying that Tarzan is Anna Elsa's brother is canon it's pretty close but um until I see it in the movies not gonna not canon right I want it to be yeah so also fun fact the queen's name is Queen Iduna oh. and the king is King Agnar so ask you or if you're playing hq trivia if you're one of the few people who still do that i don't but my parents do and anytime there's disney trivia night they're like morgan you need to come over and help and i am not gonna lie i get all the questions right <laughs> i know my disney stuff but this is like totally a question that they would have on hq trivia it's like what are the what's the queen's name in in frozen i'd be like oh queen aduna done <laughs> so uh just one 26 cents baby yeah that's the most frustrating thing about that game is i'm like well what's the stakes like what am i doing this for so i can win like a quarter i can go find that in my couch bye <laughs> so anyway oh. so then we move into the very next song which is epic for the first time in forever who doesn't love this song this is just continuing to like everything's building and growing and getting more and more epic and i think this then followed by let it go like let it go is like the pinnacle of all the songs and i love this song because again they've had this second tragedy happening to the family and now it's elsa's coronation day and because of that she has to open up the gates i love this song it's such a when i first heard it i didn't see the movie first i listened to the um i i basically memorized the soundtrack going into the movie so but mm -hmm. listening to the soundtrack of this song i was like I love this song. It's so great and happy and just yay. And at first, when we first heard this, the the title of this song, we were like, oh, it's going to sound exactly like for the uh, for longer than forever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because they're like, hmm, what non-Disney song can we rip off? <laughs> I'm I mean, sure that was going through their heads. Oh, how about the 90s classic, The Swan <laughs> Princess? <laughs> For the uh, first of the time in forever. Yeah, it's good times. So, um, yeah, I love this song because it's just like this epic duet. And like I always think of, tell the guards to open up the, the gates. gates. The gates. <laughs> ah, so good. And so that's where we actually see Eugene and Rapunzel. Just a little sneak peek Easter egg of them coming into the castle. And 
it, so was Anna never allowed to leave the castle during this time? Like ever? I don't think so. That's sad well, and horrible. Well, what's really bad is like, okay, the p- king and queen have died or are presumed dead. And who's now in charge? If she doesn't get like coronated for another three years, there's got to be somebody taking charge here. So there must be some sort of steward who takes control. I think this is common when, when kings die and then the heir is like 12 years old. Right. So they're obviously not 100% fit and capable to lead, but they have someone who is aspiring, you know, politician or they're on the king's court and they've been appointed different titles and whatnot. And so, you know, they're going to lead and run the kingdom, but then it's also their job to bring up the next ruler and to train them. And it's, it's just a temporary position. So whoever that was, um, unimportant, but <laughs> I, there had to have been someone in charge because Elsa clearly wasn't doing anything in the meantime. I was like, sitting in her room. Well, like, what else does she do? Like, there's there's got to be some, like, foreign trade happening, but, like, who's in charge? <laughs> With Weaselton. <laughs> <laughs> so then, at the very end of this, we meet, we literally bump in to Hans. Yes. Ah, oh, Hans. Hans. So dashing. So debonair. So I can say this because it's a quote from my mom and she's a redhead She's <laughs> and all of her siblings and brothers are redheaded. She's always said this growing I up. I love this quote like, coming up. She says, no one grows up thinking, I want to marry a redheaded man. <laughs> and it's like funny because it's true. But redheads are like amazing. Like I have so many cousins that are redheads and aunts and uncles and like redheads have such a horrible, like bad rap in society and i love that redheads are kind of gaining more fame and notoriety and you know they have like conventions for redheads which are super <laughs> cool my mom and my nephew want to go in to one in ireland oh my god and i'm like yes you guys need to go because it's amazing but that would be I such a say, sight oh my gosh my mom would not have said that quote if she had met hans oh yeah because who doesn't want to marry that redheaded man mm-hmm. oh man like the moment he starts talking, you're just like, oh, the voice, yeah, oh, you sound so great. I, I mean, his name is Santino Fontana, and he's just like on Broadway. He's got amazing things, and his voice is just so beautiful. And I talk about this in the in our first episode, but I still stand by it. His voice is amazing. Well, good because he's in Frozen too. So oh, is wait, he? Let me double check that. Um, so Hans makes a reappearance. I'm looking, I'm, now I'm going into spoiler territory. I'm not going to go into that. Like, Agnar is listed as a character. I don't know if it's King Agnar. And then Aduna. So is that like a, yeah. Okay. We, we will stop with the speculation. No. I think they're doing I don't flashbacks. Know. So, um, okay. I love crazy. <laughs> Here's, I did have, want to say something about his horse. Um, because I believe Morgan actually had a hand. It was me. It was me. getting this horse named tell the story we were so obsessed with frozen guys okay we just wanted to know everything about frozen and you know that there are, disney horses are a thing right there's so many disney horses they're amazing and one of these days we're going to do a youtube video on the best disney horses and we're like we have to know what their name is what is the horse's name because there had been some stills so we were so obsessed with figuring out the name of this horse. So we finally tweet her because we were on Twitter terms at the time. And we're actually cited in different Wikipedia articles for the horse himself. And because she responds to this tweet and says, is there any way we can get a confirmation of what Hans's horse name is for hashtag Frozen Friday? Wink. And she says, well, since it's Frozen Friday, Hans's horse name is Cy- Citron. 
I'm probably saying that incorrectly, which we all know is Norwegian for dot, 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 wait for it, dot, 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 lemon. So I think the fans at the time, there was like rumors that the horse's name was Lemon and she confirmed it. So that is our little claim to fame is that we got this out of her. We said we have to know the horse's name. Because it's Disney Frozen horses. Friday. Ah, uh, it's Frozen Friday. Friday. You gotta, gotta get, get down, down on Friday. Friday. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that's a video that didn't take off as much as I no. thought it would, but I like the concept. It was fun. <laughs> I'll link I'll link that in the show notes for you guys. <laughs> so we're heading into this coronation, and I just have to say one thing. If it were me, I would have wanted a better crown. <laughs> I mean, it's it's your it's your starter crown. <laughs> it's you're just barely a queen. You need to grow into it after a few years under your belt, then you can upgrade to the big mama crown. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, yeah, we've we've kind of talked about this Anna-Elsa relationship, and this is another area where I'm not quite clear how their interactions were over the past few years, because it is so awkward. And I get it. You're awkward. I'm Walker. You know Anna. She's awkward, right? But it's never really made clear how much they were able to talk to each other, and were they just completely out of the dark? And so here she's seeing her sister for the first time, and I don't know. Obviously, there was some interaction, but... Man, these parents, they're bad parents, okay? <laughs> Why would you do this? Why would you completely separate the daughter? Like, un- under what circumstances do you think this is going to make anything better? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, they, they're standing together, and she's like, oh, what? You're, you're talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking. What are you? What are you, I'll Robert De Niro? Ah, you're still in my quote. <laughs> 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 and it's like, wow, do they just have no talking relationship what's for whatsoever it's, i guess it's kind of sad it's it's really really sad and then they do have like that moment where they're able to be fun and like <gasps> chocolate. chocolate with the very heavy adina menzel voice yes chocolate ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we talk about adina menzel yes i love her to pieces i, I absolutely love adina menzel yes. her voice is epic she is everything she is the original alphaba She's forever enshrined in musical glory. Yes. Okay? She's epic. However, I have always said this. I feel that she just doesn't quite match the voice. If she were cast for her original intent, which was to be this villainous, then the voice is perfect. Yes. But for like this beautiful doe-eyed Elsa, I'm not saying that like you can't have a low voice. I mean, like, look at me. I'm like beautiful and blonde and I kind <laughs> of have, just kidding. <laughs> My voice, I was listening to the the old episode and I'm like, oh my gosh, I sound like a baby. My voice is so much lower, but she kind of has this gravelly, raspy voice, which you would more associate with like a villain. And I've always just felt that her voice sounds too old for the character and doesn't quite match up. At this point, it is what it is and you just have to ignore it. But uh, I would have liked perhaps something different which they weren't they weren't gonna do because they already had adina and they had these amazing songs and these amazing songwriters and they knew they had gold on their hands so they weren't just gonna say like okay bye and they had okay, these amazing bye. character art like this amazing character art which was amazing and i like she is beautiful and adina is awesome but it's like the two of them together i totally agree with you it's just kind of off mm-hmm. like it's not wrong it's just a little off they kind of feel like different generations yeah which I, I don't think is supposed to happen. Like, clearly there's barriers between them because of what's happened with Elsa. But, yeah. Anyways, I'm not going to keep going on a rant on this. But that's, you know my feelings. I, I know it. And don't I love agree. the voice. 
<laughs> but I mean, if some sister though, she throws Anna right under the bus and makes her dance with the Duke of Wazeltown. <laughs> I mean, that's what sisters do best. So I'm like, oh, jeez. And then it's like she's like, all forgiven. Like, oh wow, that. I don't want to touch he the guy. Sprightly. <laughs> <laughs> and then what was funny is it goes right into like you know you see Hans again. Oh, so dreamy. Oh, so so dashing. You see him again, and they're like, oh, let's go on a walk and, like, sing. Because, <laughs> you know, that's what we do best. <laughs> and um, so Love is an Open Door is probably one of the other ones that was so covered on YouTube everywhere. And I feel like that was yeah. – everybody loved that song. And I loved it, too. What was really funny, at the very end, she's like, oh, my gosh, yes, we're in love. Let's go. Let's go tell Elsa this. And my sister Marissa was watching it with me at this point, and she just looks at me. She's like, "Yeah, she doesn't know about love." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. So then she goes to tell the sister that, "Hey, we're engaged," and then this leads to the inciting point that causes Elsa to reveal her powers, witchcraft, <laughs> and she then flees because she doesn't know what to do. She hasn't had any opportunities to really talk to anyone about this, and she's been basically conditioned her whole life to conceal, conceal, conceal. Don't let people know. Don't let people in. And so by letting this out, she realizes like cats out of the bag. This isn't a good thing. I've been told my entire life. This isn't a good thing. And now people know. And so she, she runs, she has to get out of there. And it's such a really cool scene when you see her just walking across the water with creating like the ice as she goes along. And so then eternal winter happens and that's not good. <laughs> that ain't no good. I will say that I was a big fan of Anna when she went and she's like, no, I Anna. must, Anna. I I am a big fan of Anna as she goes and she's like, no, I'm going to find my sister. I haven't talked to her in like 15 years, but she would never hurt me except for when she just did. But hey, <laughs> I know. I, I love Anna. Anna. She's so no naive, but she's, she just has so much courage and heart. Yeah. And so of course. She's like, why didn't she tell me this? Like, not, this is, this all makes sense now. And she's just such a good sister. And she goes after her. And it's just funny because she's like, I'm going to go do it alone. Like, what? Like, they're not going to send any guards with her or anybody. And Hans isn't going to, she's like, Hans is in charge. And okay, that's fine. But, um, what? <laughs> Say this what? does not quite make sense just to send the princess off on herself. Like, she'll listen to me okay, that's great that she'll listen to you, but you need bodyguards. Like, let's have the militia come and people who probably are a little more equipped with, I don't know, traversing a mountain. Right. Or doing oh, whatever. Any, like, she, later, this princess. girl who's never been outside of the castle. She's got this. Like, somehow, I guess she figured out how to ride a horse, like, within the confines of just the little courtyard right there. Like, Her horse, she can ride a great circle. Her horse <laughs> is really great, though. Like, his black and white, like, Oh yeah, Maine is pretty awesome. So we're kind of obsessed with horses. I feel like we have to do this Disney horse video that literally we've been talking about for years. Like we, it needs to happen. It does. So ah, yes. uh, good times. Um, so she leaves Hans in charge, and then off she goes. And it's just so fun when she's just trying to. Okay, I'm gonna find my sister and she's walking up the snow and then the horse just completely betrays her right loser horse. And he's low on the power rankings. In case you're wondering, uh -huh. and. 
then she goes I, I love when she falls into the stream her dress completely freezes because it's so cold and then she kind of cold 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 cold, 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 cold. <laughs> she staggers over to oaken's trading shop oh and, and sauna you know saunas are a huge huge deal in those nordic countries right i had a business partner that had some dealings up there and and went to finland and like you do business meetings naked in saunas he said like <laughs> every night that we would just go to the sauna we would be naked there's these big like oaken like men and this guy is is really small you know maybe like my height you know um he's like a cyclist so he's super fit and 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 very lean yeah <laughs> and he's just like it's just so bizarre you're sitting here you're just talking naked in the sauna <laughs> and, and they call it sauna 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 so I, every time i now i have an immense appreciation for the sauna because uh, that's the thing. That is something that is very, very important to that culture because it's so cold and, and saunas are great. So yeah, yeah. Um, that whole that whole scene is just super fun. It's the very first time that Anna meets Kristoff and he is all business. He's covered in snow. I absolutely love the scene where he's just, his whole face and eyes and body are covered in just all of this snow. Madly man. Just, yeah, yeah. You know, one thing that I do notice, and I noticed this technically at the very beginning, I kind of felt like, I mentioned this in the first podcast, that I felt like sometimes the characters are off. Um, and I know the frozen, the, and I know the snow was such a big deal in this movie and it was a technical feat, but I feel like there are certain times where they're walking in the snow and the snow's not like sticking to the bottom of their dress. And like, they should be covered in snow a little more than they are. And I'm wondering if that was just like a time constraint thing or just technically because it's on some scenes but not others and i especially notice it during let it go where she's like walking and trudging at the very beginning of that scene and i'm like well your cape should be covered in snow and i don't know if it was a stylistic well, choice not to do that but it always bothered it's me so much prettier like, without <laughs> of course but it kind of like takes you away it makes you feel like she's like literally this character that was like plopped here and like yeah. so um as you're watching just pay attention to that and, and and tweet me like am i crazy am i imagining this am i being too nitpicky let us know send us a tweet rotoscoper at rotoscopers on twitter hashtag animation addicts i'm changing the hashtag y'all because now you can do way beyond 160 characters so now we're just going to do hashtag animation addicts because we have the room we can breathe yay before it was like animation addicts that's like 15 characters that's half your tweet yeah so anyway <laughs> send me a tweet <laughs> let me know so yeah, she sees an opportunity in this mountain man who clearly knows what he's doing. You know, she has money and she buys herself proper garb and she also buys the carrots while, he, while she's at it because he can't. And it's just really fun that she's really trying to take, you know, she's folding, crossing her arms over herself and you are going to take me up that mountain. She's really trying to to be the boss right. and take control. But you can tell she's not, still not 100% comfortable in that role. But I love it because sometimes that's just what you have to do. Yeah, You just have to act the part to get what you want and to get where you want to be. Yeah. We talked a little bit about the, sa the sauna. But Oaken, like, he was probably the best side character in the whole film. I love him. He's so great. He doesn't have a huge part. We don't see him again. He's so memorable. Except for the very, very end. But he's so cute and memorable, and he serves his purpose. And Hello, family. <laughs> yeah, he's the cutest. So then we cut to the most epic scene of all time. Uh, Maybe not of all time. I'm being a little facetious here. 
but it's pretty darn good. I mean, this is the song that rocked the world, that rocked the internet. Yes. Let it go. The ice castle scene, like the building of the ice castle, it still holds up as awesome. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite interviews that we did on the white carpet was with the art director of Frozen. And he just talked about how in those early meetings, they actually had this thing where he's like, okay, they're going to come in. And John Lasseter said, no, she's going to come in and she's going to like stomp her foot down. And then the whole thing is just going to build from there. And I was like, ooh, cool. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love this moment because it's another, it's really the pivotal transformational moment where Elsa does what the song says and she lets it all go. All of the barriers, except for building an ice castle to keep herself in, but like <laughs> all the barriers as far as her powers go she's letting go for the first time and she's allowing herself to be the true her to experience everything that she's been holding back because up until this point she hasn't really been able to see what she's capable of she just you know she can build a snowman with her sister and build you know and then hurt her sister and that's probably the extent of what she's ever been able to do and so now she just lets free and and the lyrics say it so much better than i can just go listen to the song because it's good but you know, and we really see the power in what she can do. I mean, she she's an architect. She's a dress designer. <laughs> she's a she mom. Do, she's a Barbie. She can do any profession she wants with her ice powers. <laughs> a veterinarian. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, going back, she builds this Olaf character that it's like in the original episode with in 55, you're like, she's a mom. She just created life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I love that the very first thing that she does when she's just trying to, like, here I am. I'm literally at the top of a mountain. There's no one here. No one can get to me. And and the very first thing that she creates is Olaf. And it, I love it because it shows that connection back to her sister and her childhood and the fun of her powers. And that of all the things that she could do, that's what she does. Yeah. And it shows really how strong of a bond she had with her sister and, and deep down still has it's just been really suppressed and, and not been given the chance to thrive. And so Olaf is created as this character who's able to help, you know, create the bridge between Elsa and Anna. Right. Well, and side note, what was really interesting is when he was first being designed, when we went to that first D23, um, they brought out like this puppet of what he would look mm -hmm. like. And he was quite different. <laughs> Not, yeah. not very different, but it's like way, they explained him like, you know how, you know, that first, it's the first thing that she's created. So, you know, it's like those pancakes. When you start making pancakes, you know, the first ones never turn out that right. And then the rest of them sound pretty, are pretty good. It's kind of like what Olaf is. He's kind of the mistake. I'm like, what the, but then they, yeah. they decided to like round his corners off i guess a little bit yeah more. he had a he had a really long nose uh-huh and i mean this is some of the the images that we originally got of him where it was just um yeah he he was much different side characters sidekick characters in disney movies are definitely a common trope and i was watching it this time and i'm like it actually probably has been a year or so um, since the last time I saw it, I'm like, how do I really feel about Olaf? And I like him. Uh -huh. I am not as jaded as like, these need to be 
for adults and perfect films and we don't need any side characters like on my high horse. <laughs> he actually serves a really great purpose. He's introduced in the beginning as an inanimate inanimate snowman. He's brought to life and then he is this bridge between Anna and Elsa and he he meets Anna later on and really is her guide. Um, and I love that he is just very naive and pure and he's very literal. He says whatever's on his mind and he's really funny. He adds, Kristoff adds some comedic relief and, and as does Anna, she's hilarious, but he really is kind of just because he's so literal, just has, has really, really, really great lines. And so I am an Olaf fan, which I never thought I would say. Look at, look at us coming around, <laughs> softening our, our hearts <laughs> are no longer ice cold against him. <laughs> so I guess that leads into the point where, you know, Anna and Kristoff, you know, they've decided to go on this adventure. They have some really fun moments where they're being chased by the wolves. And, you know, we see how important his new sled is. I just paid it off. <laughs> and they have this moment where he's really criticizing her and her life choices. There's a lot of conflict between them, which really kind of deepens their bond that they're able to have later because it's it's really fun to see them and how he's just doing it because he obviously wants the winter to go away so his business can get back in shape. Um and she wants her sister back. And so they finally, they meet Olaf. They sing in summer. It's, as the Honest Trailers says, like, we don't know what to do with this guy. So let's, like, give him a random song. It's, <laughs> was it needed? I mean, his whole shtick is that he loves heat and he wants to be hot and he can't wait for summer. And, you know, and then later he says, like, some people are worth melting for. Mm -hmm. But he never actually does the whole melting for someone. Like, he never gives that ultimate sacrifice. Right. Which I think that could have been the act of true love. Yeah. If he, he you know, it, it's obviously better that it's his sisters. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> there could have been a, another act of true love where he just melts and, and, and sacrifices himself. So that way Anna or, or so Elsa could then, you know, save Anna or something like yeah. that would have been really cool to see him sacrifice. You know, he does melt, you know, like later and she like brings him back like immediately. And I don't really count that as like. Yeah, but it would have been really cool if, like, okay, if you want to have him be, like, so obsessed with heat, then let's really make the consequence of that something that he has to, like, make a decision and make a really big choice for the greater of the story. But yeah, that's okay. And we talked about in the other one, it was just like, he, Christoph was like, somebody's got to tell him. And it's like, nobody actually ever tells him. But then again, it, nobody actually, it doesn't really even matter because it's not, it doesn't apply to him because yeah. he gets his own personal yeah. flurry at the end. But yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> he was the he was the funny one, and people like having his beach towels now. So <laughs> right, <laughs> and they're plushies. Yeah. Um, so they go and they meet Elsa, and Kristoff is not allowed inside. She's like, I know my sister. I can talk to her. And she's like, Whoa! She's like, Upgrade. Can we just live here? Yeah. Uh, not really, because it's super far away. But I don't know why she can't just lift that ice palace and move it downtown. Or just create another um, one downtown. It took like all of four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, and again, you know, Elsa, she's decided and come to this realization that she is happy here where she can use her powers. She's created and walled herself off in yet another barrier, this ice castle. And Anna comes and she's like, yeah, it's great to see you, but you can't stay. Um, and then when she kind of gets pushed on it, that's when she starts putting more of her powers to kind of like create even more barriers between them. Yeah. I think it's actually so, you know, Kristoff has to stay outside 
and he's like the ice man, right? Like ice is his life. Right. So I think I might cry. <laughs> yeah. There could have been a fun, like love triangle thing going on where maybe, I don't know, maybe he was so turned on by ice that he sees <laughs> Elsa and he's like, you my girl. are my dream babe. <laughs> And have him like be really into her and then realize that no, Anna's the girl for me. Um, I'm kind of digging that, right? Like if he's so obsessed with ice, like why wouldn't you want the ultimate ice queen in your life, right? Um, Just something to think about, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, so. Well, I mean, going back on Jonathan Groff, like, you know, we kind of skipped over this part, as did the filmmakers when they said, oh, they got to the end of the film. Like, we didn't, like, make a song for Jonathan Groff. <laughs> and so they added, reindeers are better than people. And I still hold true that it needed a reprise if they were going to add that. But whatever. Um, but then it goes into, like, she gets hit by Elsa's powers again. But instead of hitting the head this time, it goes straight for the heart. And we've already been told that by the trolls that if it would have hit the heart, you're like, uh-oh. But Kristoff is like, no, I, to the trolls. Right. The love experts. Oh, you love experts? Yeah, the love experts. Like, he also is very literal. Like, yeah, that's what they are. Yeah. (laughs) It's just funny because when they get to, and they start doing Fixer Upper, the song, quotes from Olaf in this part are probably my favorite, where he's just like, um, he's crazy. I'm going to do this because I love you. You need to run. Run now. Yeah. <laughs> He's good. Um, so it goes into the first time in Forever but Reprise, and I feel like the first time, in, like, this is the spot where, for me, I kind of started to lag in my interest. Not entirely, yeah. but it just it just slowed down, and I was no mm-hmm. longer building on something. It was kind of like, that, that, I don't know how you would have fixed that, but it that's just where I was starting to, like, not be quite as into it. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, and it does go pretty quickly from here. We don't really, other than fixer upper, there's no more songs. And like the last half hour is like no songs, nothing. Um, so we go over to the love experts. And so this brings up a question about Kristoff because he was there the very first right. time. So like, sorry, and he, that's, that's when he was like, quote unquote adopted. And so he's just like, no, I've seen him do it. And he says that it's like, okay, so how much does he remember of this? And how much does he know that this was the same girl that he saw fix it? Yeah. Like, that's something that I'm in question of. Yeah. And does it matter? Was there anything that he could have done about it? I guess not. I mean, he was one of the only people that knew the secret really about Elsa, but he clearly didn't care about palace life and was just minding his own <laughs> business and got to witness something cool, you know, and it's kind and of probably, probably witnessed so many more other cool things with the trolls yeah, and their true. magic powers. It's kind of like an Anastasia <laughs> where at the very beginning, like he was the boy that opened the door. Like, I feel like right. if yeah. they would have yeah. had something like that coming, I'm like, Oh, awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That would have been cool. <laughs> nice. So we go into Fixer Upper, and this is a fun song. Um, like, I like all of these songs definitely individually. Yeah. I think they're all really great and really fun. But then this one kind of is like, it kind of feels like, do you did you do a song just to do a song at this point in the game? Um, that being said, I don't hate it. I love the lyrics. I think the lyrics in this whole thing are so fun. I love that it switches from, you know, um, he's a bit of a Fixer Upper, and they're trying to convince 
her that he's the guy for her and then it switches to like well she's a bit of a fixer-upper <laughs> she engaged the so-called engagement <laughs> oh my gosh it's so and good. i don't see no ring what's funny is like so during this whole time of the podcast like mason got married morgan got married and i'm still single over here and i still get phone calls from people that are like people i don't really know and they're calling me saying they want to set me up with their son, their nephew, their neighbor, their random person they saw on the street the other day. <laughs> like there was this one time where like this woman was like, oh, you know, he's just like this, but I feel like women can really fix him up. And I'm like, no, that is the opposite of anything that anybody should ever say. <laughs> right. That's you're not selling me okay <laughs> like yeah you're really selling me on this one it was just really funny <laughs> thought i'd share <laughs> um so fixer upper ends very quickly where you know because anna had been hurt by elsa which i guess we totally glossed over right. um this time it's pretty serious and like does it look bad no you hesitated <laughs> <laughs> you know she's she's now been really you know hit in the heart and has this frozen heart now and it is going south very quickly. So he takes her back to the castle gates. And this was a part where this time I was like, that's weird. Basically, he's like, here she is. And they open the gates and it's it's like the staff are like, okay, thanks. See ya. Psh, shut the door. And it's not like, oh, wow. Who is the savior that rescued Anna? She's been missing. Come in. Her, warm yourself. And nope. It's just like, okay, see ya. Thanks bye. for your help, dude. Yeah, Peace and out. he just like hangs hangs his head and walks away Charlie Brown style. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> I mean, really, he, right. he's he's bummed out because he'll probably never see her again or be able to. Those gates, they're locked. Right, uh, they don't let anyone in. So I thought that was really interesting. That like, okay, we don't need Kristoff around right now. We want him to come back and save the day. So we're just gonna like shut the doors. Because that's what everyone in this society loves to do is <laughs> shut the door, shut the door, shut the door. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, this is the part where I feel like there should have been a reprise of him saying, well, reindeers are better than people. It right. would have. As he's, as he's walking away, that'd be cool. It would have been great. Uh, oh, well. So Hans finally makes it up to the mountain and we still don't know the secret of Hans. And the, he's like, whatever you do, don't harm the queen. But then what do the guards do? They go and harm the queen. Well, aren't these... No, wait. Aren't these... The, I mean, the, you have the two main goons from Weaselton. Oh, are they the ones that are doing this? Yeah, they're the ones who are doing it. Oh, because oh, he said go kill the queen or something. Yeah. Treason. Okay, so... Treason either way. <laughs> <laughs> either way. You're trying to kill a pe person in a monarchy. That's not good. That is technically <laughs> still the ruler, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. Cool. <laughs> so... They capture her because um, things get a little too intense. And those are intense handcuffs. Right. Right. Like, but dang. I don't know why. I mean, this is like, hello, she could just freeze everything off. It's like when you try to put Sub Zero yeah. in, you know, a room with no metal, like he will find a way to get a tiny little sliver of metal. Okay. Yeah. It, it's like the, and, and that's another thing. The, um, if you watch the, how it should have ended, 
they very quickly, you know, with how how they they recreate movies and like, hey, you know, this is how it should have ended. Here's like a better way. And, and the way that they do it is they go to the trolls the very first time and he's like, no, love is the answer. Just just love and you'll be fine. And then he's like, oh, also, I have a place where you can go. And he takes him to Professor Professor Xavier's school for gifted <laughs> children. And she yes. becomes an X-Men. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> that is the answer. Let's learn to control and use your powers for good. Great yeah so <laughs> that's the way to bring fox into the whole thing <laughs> there we go that's the crossover we've been waiting for right oh man but so anna's back in the castle like everyone is brought back just to make it very easy and convenient and then she discovered through the love experts that like love uh love is the answer so like true love's first kiss of course that's like a classic and hans is there and they're she's like kiss me kiss me and they're like well you I'll give you some space. <laughs> and she's just like, that's that. She tells him the whole thing. And, oh, this reveal. Man, it is snap. so good. When Even he, like, leans in. And, and, like, we've had no indicators that he's a bad guy up right. until this point. And he just stops, looks up at her, suddenly has, like, evil, sinister grin and eyebrows. And eyebrows. And says, poor Awana. If only there was someone that loved you. (gasps) We all remember where we were in the theater and how our theater reacted. This, that moment of that reveal can never be recreated because everyone knows Hans is a bad guy. I know. But it was so good. It was. And that was the problem with like going into this. Everybody really wanted the spoilers. So yeah, I just remember like you and I had been spoiled about this. We had, um, yeah, because that came with the territory this time around because we had to do all the footage and all the coverage. Right, right. So, but we knew, so we knew that this was going to happen. But at the same time, like there was this one video where we like, oh, spoilers, but we didn't actually give spoilers because <laughs> we were right. like, how dare you ask for spoilers? You're ruining the movie experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was one of the funny things is while we were at the white carpet, uh, Jennifer Lee was like, and I'm so glad that you were always like, no spoilers because you can't get it. And I'm like, I know. So it was, Good. it was like, you can't recreate that. And it's so sad now yeah. that everybody knows. And it's like, yeah, there's definitely spoilers for Frozen 2 because of the storybooks. And those were available last time. But yeah. I'm go this time because I'm up until this point have not been spoiled. For I have I'm like, nope. I know what? nothing. Okay, good. I was like, wait, you know, spoilers. <laughs> no, um, I know nothing. I will be definitely doing a video as soon as I leave that theater. That's like all the spoilers for frozen too in three minutes just like because i know the internet wants that right but i won't post it until the movie comes out um but no spoilers okay so here's the problem with hans's plan he just assumed that he knows that like she's gonna die right because that's what she told him right and he just assumed that you know within minutes of him walking away that she was gonna die well he wouldn't have I to get his hands dirty well yeah but why did he assume that i mean she never said like i'm gonna die like this next minute, if you don't kiss me, hurry, hurry. Like, this curse could have been a day, a week, months. Like, there was no timeline yeah, on, that's true. on how bad this was going to be. And so he doesn't even bother to kill her. He just walks away and he's like, ha, ha, ha. Um, and he goes and tells the people and they're like, oh, he's like, with heavy heart, you know, that she's dead. And why didn't anyone in the house go and like, they're like, well, where's the body? Like, where right. is she? We need to go. Like, like okay, cool. I buried um, her after we did our... <laughs> We said our wedding vows, and then I buried her. <laughs> okay, but where? <laughs> no one seems to care. And he's like, well, what? And 
and you mentioned that he says another here's the other problem with his plan he's like he's like oh we said our wedding vows and so you know basically i'm king now right um honey that's not how that works okay just because you were the appointed steward while she was out and about um elsa's not dead yet right and no this gives you no authority to kind of take over the actions of arendelle um you know so he's assuming that like okay well it's with heavy heart that we need to execute the queen like what well how how did we get here i mean it's really (laughs) only been 24 to 48 hours since like we can talk about this you have elsa right um no, I mean, he obviously, he's 12th in line, and so he wants to wrap this all up with a bow because he's assuming that he can just be king. But what he's not thinking through is, like, that's not how, clearly since he's been 12th in line, he didn't pay attention in his lessons that teach you how royal authority and chain of command works. But just, some random outsider who was given, like, temporary stewardship does not become first in line, even <laughs> if there was this temporary marriage. Uh, even if that happened, it goes back to like family members and other people who there are definitely going to be plenty of people in line who have a greater authority for kingship um, that are not going to be okay with Hans just stepping in and taking control. So uh, he's not, not too smart if, you know, if his plan did go through. Rapunzel's no longer eligible because she's in line for her own crown, right? Not, I mean, sh- why can't she take over this one while she's at it? We'll That's combine soon. our kingdoms. Yes. I mean, if she truly is an heir or a, a blood relative, she has much more authority oh, yeah. than Hans does. Yeah. So impressive. Uh, and, she's, and that's one thing I didn't even talk about is hello. They came to the wedding. We know that they were there. Why didn't Rapunzel and Eugene step up and say, you know, when Elsa first went away, like, oh, magic powers? Hey, <laughs> I have some experience with this. Right. Let me go talk to her. No. They probably, no, they just like, they're like, because they can't go anywhere. No one could leave. Right. So, I mean, I got it. It was an Easter egg. It right, wasn't right, meant right. to be a plot point, but, um, you know, here's another <laughs> time. Now. Like, she could step up again and say, like, hey, um, I actually have experience doing this and I'm a blood relative. So, how about I be like, Clearly, Anna, because she was trapped in her castle, she didn't even maybe realize that Rapunzel was a cousin. Right. And should have put her in charge instead of the guy she just definitely and got engaged to. So anyway, that's my... Rapunzel for Empress of Arendelle. Yes. Love it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> so I, I mean, the whole ending, she gave up her, you know, she did all this, her own act of true love for her sister, healed herself. Was that how it worked? It's then? awesome. It it's it's the it was a fantastic way yeah. to put a spin on true love because I think because of Disney and all these movies, true love has kind of been morphed into thinking it's a romantic love, but true love can be other types of love. It can be familial love or platonic love. Yeah, love is encompasses everything. Yes, um, and love is the answer. So it, I, it's so funny because as soon as it like clicks with her, it's like boom control the powers like everything goes away yeah like really i'm I'm having a hard time believing that in your what 16 17 years that from when you had this experience hurting anna and whatnot that you never had any experience with love and then realized and made the connection like oh love actually makes my powers better okay i don't know i'm just looking into it a bit too much. i mean i just felt like at the very end it did tie itself into a nice little package right well at this point we'd spent so much time on all the songs and that we really did need to wrap it up right (laughs) 
there was this fan thing that came out of an alternate way to end the movie. Not not alternate ending, but basically to have a reprise of how to build a snowman. Oh, so basically yeah. after Anna is frozen, um, because in the original How to Build a Snowman, Elsa doesn't sing. She It's a one-sided conversation. Yeah. Um, to have her to cry over Anna and to finally say, do you want to build a snowman? Or like, oh, yeah. Yes, right. I want to build a, like, say, yes, I want to build a snowman and, like, finally, like, give in to that relationship and, like, sorry, I'm pushing you out. So, you know, it would have been, oh, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about I it. I like, know. Oh. It would have been so perfect and so epic. Um, And then, obviously, it, it could just be short. It could be, like, one or two lines, right? Um, yeah. You just have that little but, bit in uh, there. I remember that when you said me that been... years ago. And it was so good. Yeah. Oh. So. So, all right. Do you have any other last thoughts or things? Um, I feel like I have talked about every, all of my thoughts. This is a significantly different review than the first movie. It was, movie, yeah. Uh, which was great. Like, I loved it. I loved that we'd had so much time with this movie. And this is actually what I love with the podcast. Like, I like reviewing new films, but I just don't have enough time with the films to yeah. really uh, have a deeper understanding and analysis of the film and just history with it where here we are six years later we're like will you know we're asking in the first one like will it become a disney classic <laughs> uh yeah, yeah yeah i'd say it's a disney classic right <laughs> you know but because of the time and the history and being able to have multiple viewings um it's just so much better of a discussion so thank you for joining me on this chelsea oh, thank and you. the the infamous question what do you rate it? Uh, I still give it a four and a half star after like, that's my original one. I mean, yeah. there are so many good things about this movie and I just, I loved it. <laughs> it was, the music is grand. The whole thing is just good. And I said that I kind of lost steam on, on that one part, but at the same time I didn't enough. Like it, it was like, you could just see that that's where the pacing just kind of slowed down a little bit more. Um, mm -hmm. But I still like was totally into all of this and I would I, I have not seen or looked into a lot of the on Broadway type um, yeah. information mostly because I, I would I would like to see it on Broadway and I don't really want to know as much as I, I I I know so I knew so much going into this that I want some things to be discovered on first viewing <laughs> when I go to the other right. parts of it. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. But yeah, I still give it a four and a half stars for me. Nice. So I also gave it four and a half stars initially, and I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to stick with four and a half stars. You know, it's funny, like, is it a Disney classic? Absolutely. Yes. Just because of the phenomenon itself and how it just took over the world. And the songs are Disney classics. Like yeah. I felt there was something very special with the songs when I first heard the soundtrack and the and the songs, but now I can't imagine our Disney life without these songs. They are pure gold. They're amazing. They're awesome. And I'm going to give it four and a half stars, but I'm like more inclined to bump it up to five now than I was when I first saw it, yeah. but I, I'm still not going to give it five and a half stars to me. We're holding out five, five and a half stars. Wow. That's a, that's a big one. Five stars is still something super, super special and near perfect or perfect essentially. And I love, love, love this movie. There's just a few little things that I think could have been improved on. If they do a good job of answering our questions in the, in number two, will that 
raise or elevate number one in our minds. Yeah, absolutely. So that's how they could do it. Just make number two, answer all answer our questions. All the questions. <laughs> and then be like, okay, I yeah. get it all. <laughs> Okay, yeah, we can do that later. Um, all right, everybody, that is our episode of Frozen. This is the second time that we've reviewed Frozen on the podcast. Thank you so much for watching. This actually been has this actually has been a huge blast to get back with Chelsea and to talk about this movie that meant so so much to us and still does um, in anticipation for Frozen Two. So to let you know what is coming, we are our next episode is going to be a review of the two Frozen shorts, which is Frozen Fever and Olaf's Frozen Adventure, and we're also going to do a nerdy couch discussion talking about the Frozen phenomenon and really diving into that because the shorts are so small that we'll have a little bit more time. So stay tuned for that. And if you have not subscribed to the podcast, I'm if first off, if you're still subscribed to the podcast, thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you. Because that means so much. I'm sure so many people said, you know what? Like they're not releasing episodes. I'm unsubscribing because I'll be honest, I do that all the time. Um, but the way that the rankings work for iTunes and the different podcast players is they rank shows based on the number of new subscribers that they are getting during a week. It's not necessarily the number of downloads a show gets. It's uh, the actual new subscribers plays a part in that because it shows velocity of people signing up so yeah. if you have not subscribed please 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 resubscribe to the podcast unsubscribe and, and subscribe us. again <laughs> don't do that because i'm like why are people unsubscribing to the show okay. <laughs> and please leave us a review i think when we first started the podcast podcasts were big and huge but podcasting is a whole other level in 2019 yeah and i it would mean so much for you to leave a review about the show how much you love it how much it's meant to you so that way other people can find the show because we're going to be doing these this next frozen episode we're going to be doing an episode talking about frozen 2 when that comes out so subscribe and stay tuned and thank you so much for all of your support we cannot wait to talk to you again until next time we are the rotoscopers